Test him one. Test him two. Test him three. Test him four. Test him one. Test him two. Test him three. Test him four. Test him one. Test him two. Test him three. Test him four. Test him one. Test him two. Test him three. Test him four. There we go. Nobody's ever asked me to make sperm exciting. But this, is, this, is a new, this is a new challenge. But it is. People don't know what to say. They say the wrong thing. It isn't just a female problem. Things have changed a little bit. What hasn't really changed is the way in which male infertility is managed. And I think that's been very slow mm. off the mark. So from your experience, kind of what, what gets missed then in that kind of process? Everything. <laughs> okay, there we go. Big statement. There right we there. go. That's, that's, a, that's a real big one. But, you know, if, everything if it, gets missed. Both of you have struck at the psychological effect mm. of the fertility unit. Mm-hmm. This is an extraordinary thing if we just reflect upon it, because nowhere else in medicine is the outcome of an intervention, a big intervention, mm-hmm. expensive intervention, absolutely binary. Mm-hmm. There is nothing between success and failure, mm-hmm. joy and misery. I think we are not good, actually, at handling that proposition from the word go. Mm-hmm. And so it's human nature then to hide in the process, mm-hmm. which is exactly what Toby was saying. So well, we, we won't even look at the man because actually we don't know anything about men mm-hmm. and we don't believe that anything to do with him will make any difference mm-hmm. but we can talk about why that is because there's a there's a basis for that mm-hmm. it's not, this isn't stupidity mm-hmm. um so we won't look at him because to engage means he'll ask me a question mm-hmm. and i won't know the answer mm-hmm. or i have to make it up or he'll challenge me about having a test that we don't have available mm-hmm. so better actually not to look at him i sort of realized after a few months that it was all about the women and mm-hmm was nothing about the men and I was thinking well why is this you know why are we just looking at egg quality and we're not looking at sperm quality even if there is a male factor issue it's kind of brushed under the carpet I do really enjoy working with men because again we just sometimes we just have a laugh because they are dragged by the short and curlies in by their partners (laughs) literally yeah (laughs) the body language is hilarious in some sometimes you know and the tension is quite kind of apparent and it i have to really relax them and laughter is always the best way of relaxing so sometimes i say oh i can see that you've probably been dragged in haven't you in this and he'll go yep (laughs) <laughs> and and then I have to try it doesn't always work but I have to try some kind of it's a different approach with men in a lot of increase of people talking about recreational drugs I don't smoke I vape so that's okay have you seen the x-rays have you been practicing <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I practice in the car all the way here like this testing for testing for <laughs> <laughs> I found um, I found morphology really strange at first because I remember you know going back to my sex ed you know you get a picture cartoon of a sperm and you know it's got a wiggly tail and a head that's kind of arrow shaped and that's all we kind of knew and then I remember chatting to I think it was it might have been you or Ian um, and talking about kind of morphology and that the fact that they can have two heads and they can all be different shapes and sizes I was like really is this, is this a thing is that yeah is that a thing well I think what's fascinating with morphology and this I I've had guys that have been Sort of knocked sideways with this is when they read their results. And I mean, this is another part of the whole semen analysis thing is that nobody actually explains the results to a guy. What does it mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's normal. Well, what is normal? Yeah. Well, you know, and uh, am I just normal or am I well above normal? Yeah. You know, um, but 
that'll come in a minute, probably that bit of the conversation. But morphology is when guys get their morphology and they're told it's 4%. Yeah, you're like, they're like yeah. 4%, what, what does that mean? It means 4% of your sperm on the right shape. Mm-hmm. Hang on a minute, let me think about that. Let me turn that around the other way. That means 96% of my sperm are the wrong shape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like, for some guys, that's like, oh my God, that's horrendous. No, no, that's perfectly normal. We are really inefficient, <laughs> inefficient, you know, um, yeah. creatures. Yeah, the, right. the vast majority of your sperm, you know, news to some of you guys, will be the wrong shape. Yeah. So actually 4% is normal. We yeah. need to investigate the man. Now, when we're talking about a disease state, we're talking about medical conditions. Mm-hmm. And therefore, men should be investigated for medical conditions so we actually have a moral duty to investigate people yeah. because if they leave these conditions unattended they can have serious consequences what we know from the advanced diagnostics that are available that have got some form of validation um, that guidelines are, are still way behind what we we know in the the academic or the scientific world so you know it's a matter of um, looking out and saying what else is out there and it may not be in the guidelines for NHS um, reimbursement but it doesn't say that those diagnostics are not available they are often available but they're just not as visible as we'd like them to be Uh, now since we've had DNA fragmentation testing Mm -hmm. I think one can begin to see that better quality sperm Mm -hmm. produces a better quality outcome Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, Certainly a better quantity outcome. Mm-hmm. So the number of live births mm-hmm. may may well be the quality of those live births too. Yeah. So yeah. we are in a different phase. Yeah. But if the fertility units have ignored or eschewed the relevance of DNA testing, then it's going to be a little time mm. before this becomes universally available we've seen quite a shift to be fair because Ian and I obviously have been, been working quite a lot in this space raising awareness for male fertility from the, the, you know certainly from my perspective as, as a patient voice and I think we are seeing a, a bit more of a shift now aren't we um some of the guys that we talk to and and making that awareness about these particular conditions um because we're giving men the voice and we're empowering them to actually go yes that, that might be me that they're more likely to go and see a specialist because mm-hmm. I think that certainly from my own my own background I was aware of perhaps there was something going on, um, but I was like, you know, I did the guy thing, I'm fine. Don't need to worry about that. I don't need to see yeah. anyone. And, and we do that as men, don't we? We, we do. We, we often we'll hide away have, from have from an issue problems, don't we? in health, and we often just bury our head in the sand and just go, I'll be fine tomorrow, it'll be okay. Yeah. But actually, infertility, the outcome is absolutely life-changing for the better, hopefully. Um, and so that's what we've got to do in, in empowerment to, to actually get checked and, and yeah. to not be scared right and, and, and yeah. speak up. Yeah, I've yeah. got a good car analogy, actually. Go on, go ahead. You wouldn't give your... It doesn't really work in today's electric car. I won't be able to use this for very long and the sa- and normal petrol. But I used to say, you wouldn't give your Aston Martin two-star petrol and expect it to go properly, would you? It's very true. Mm-hmm. Almost bring it back to the racing in that when you put in a duff lap, you go back to you go back to the data, don't you? Yeah, yeah. It's not the that fuel. Some. But you go back to the data, don't you? Like, yeah, okay, yeah. hang on a minute. Where am I not doing the right things? I'm I'm not braking right here. I'm not accelerating hard enough here. You know, th- we tweak the car a little bit, and and then it performs better. Yeah. It's the same with sperm, isn't it? It's well, like, it is because if you look at a car, it's not just about the speed you're going. It's mm-hmm. about the engine. It's about the brakes. It's about 
the fuel, the fuel, and I love everything. This. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's everything has to be in tip top shape if you're going to get the best result. Correct. Yeah. So if you want to have a child, you've got to not just focus on one thing and say, okay, that's my problem. Mm. Invariably, it's multifactorial. So we are we yes. saying uh, Cheryl is actually a sperm engineer? I think oh, she is. She's a data engineer. We've rebranded Cheryl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's our it. clinical data engineer for, <laughs> for male fertility. Re- rename the clinic. Yeah, yeah. like that. Um, <laughs> sperm engineers. What was it like for you? Because you didn't reach out for support, did you, at the beginning? Not at all. No, not at all. I mean, I barely reached out to support to my parents. Um, and I'm very close to my parents. Um, I think early days, if I, if I kind of rewind to probably maybe two years into fertility treatment... Um, I just had this whole, it'll be all right, I'll be fine. I'd literally just buried my head in the sand, ignoring mm. all of the kind of alarm bells that were going off my head. Um, almost ignoring my partner's emotions to some extent because I was trying to tune out of everything and just go, yeah, it's all right, I'll be fine, just doing the lad thing. Um, but that was just a massive wrong move and a spiral of emotions that led me down a pretty dark path, to be fair. And, mm. and when I finally came to terms with, we're actually struggling and this is actually a thing, Oh mate, it was tough. <laughs> it yeah, was really yeah. tough because it was this whole kind of like idea that actually, um, I'm in my mid twenties, um, approaching thirty years old. We've been trying for children for the best part of four or five years at this point, and um, I'm in a really bad place. Yeah. And that was a really dark time for me. And I think, um, you know, the fact that I didn't, um, I guess, have the right support at the time, mm. um, was probably a big factor of that. I think I needed someone to give me a shove and say, "Types." go and speak to this person because mm. um, I think once once I'd I'd kind of opened up and obviously I, I became a racing driver and I used racing as my platform um, which most of you will know that um, you know the racing facility campaign started and that was a massively scary thing because I'd gone from not one to talk about it at all and anyone without crying or without even getting angry or emotional or whatever to here I am going to the media going hey <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm about to talk about fertility this is blooming scary yeah. um, but the kind of roll-on effect from there on out has been... Thank God you did, eh? Yeah, it's been yeah. pretty pretty special. So um, it's a good topic to talk about today, I think. Because yeah. yeah. we're bringing it back into a normal space, aren't we? Into like, right, we can talk about this versus it's not just something that's for the elite or for the rich or for what have you, because mm. there are so many pathways out there available to people um, of all different economical so- like spaces from all different um, parts of the country. Like the, it, it, it is available to you. It's just you just don't know it's available that's to it. you. You know, yeah, you're you're you just right. need to know exactly where to go, who to speak to and just what what support there is for someone like who, who have been victim to the things that we've been victim to, you know, yeah. we get distracted by somebody's uh, phone ringing. Yeah. It's my phone. I've got a new, a new uh, <laughs> phone on my watch or it tells me when it's beeping away and it's beeping away and I, I can't switch it off. So apologies. <laughs> so there we go. If if it's currently getting used to his tech. Yeah. 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 Um, we felt like you got us and you, you understood us and you listened to us. And I think those, those really simple things can completely change the kind of perception of what the outcome might be. And I think that when you diagnosed my problem, you was very realistic to say that this will improve, not guarantee. Um, and that was a really nice thing because it was actually like, this is a realistic look, outlook of what could happen. Mm. We are doing the right things. We are making the right steps forward. And then whatever the outcome would be, whether baby or not, at least we were then rest assured that we've done everything we could we could possibly have done at that point. Um, so we was very, very grateful for your time when we saw you. And, and to this day, I mean, you've changed my life. And I think it's a really important point to say on this podcast, thank you so much, Jonathan, because yeah. quite honestly, you have changed my life. And, um, and 
every guy, in my opinion, to come and see you or someone like you because um, so many men are just silenced in this world of fertility, aren't they? Yeah. Well, that's very kind of you, Toby. Um, no, I'm a very embarrassed urologist with headphones. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Yeah. There is clear evidence that as men age, they get into their mid-40s, sperm quality deteriorates. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about the things that you see under the microscope, but it's the molecular factors, the DNA, the genetic mm. integrity of the sperm. We know that significantly deteriorates over time. What is that reluctance? Why do men, you know, why are they having to be dragged in front of you to, to talk to you about nutrition? Why do you think that is? I think it might be partly because it's so female dominated anyway. That yeah. whole world is so female dominated, which again just brings me back to the fact that this you guys have brought so much to this whole arena. It's women, you know. I think I it's the one job where being older is better because mm. I can kind of be bossy, motherly matey whereas if you're a 35 year old guy you don't want a 32 year old woman telling you what to do about your sperm you just don't want that you Mm. know it's embarrassing I think for men it's so personal I mean for women it's personal as well it's horrible you don't feel like a you know complete like it's so competitive the whole baby thing anyway you know all your friends having babies and men don't really think about it until it until it sort of faces them, I think. And then there's a lack of belief in a, in a way. It's unbelievable. You mean it's my sperm? I talk about food very kind of, I suppose, descriptively. I try and make things sound delicious mm-hmm. and yummy and not I'm wondering horrible. how on earth that plays out, like this lovely long um, green yeah. courgette. <laughs> Is it like no. Mark Suspenser's advert? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't any if old salad piece of broccoli. <laughs> 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 I haven't got any, you know, here's the courgette. I want you to eat those. What sort of consultations are you like doing here? <laughs> lovely big crunchy fresh salad with vibrant colours. I try and sort of make my language really tasty. And I, t- and, you know, I say things like just make a really good chicken casserole, mm. you know. And of course you can have a steak because men, men's oh, food we need meat. likes yeah. are very different from women's, actually. They're hilarious. You'll always get roasts and you'll very often get enough. pies. Yeah. And burgers, of course. There was no pathway for me after that. It was literally, right, um, you know, you've got a low sperm count. This is what it is. You're, you're not going to be able to have kids naturally. Um, uh, here's our, here's our um, IVF leaflet. And, wow. and then out the door. God. Wow. How did you feel at that point? Um, I, felt, I felt, like, vulnerable. Um, I, felt, I felt lonely. I felt... I don't want to say suicidal. I never feel. I've never felt the word. I don't. I, I don't like the word suicidal. But I could feel like that was probably the closest to what that feeling would be. And I didn't think. Right. I'm going to find a tall building to jump off it. I want to take a load mm. of drugs. And but it was just like a really horrible, lonely place to be. You know, you go to a place like that for answers. You walk out with more questions. And no support. I, no support other than other than your wife and and Tasha. Bless her. Like she was. She's been a, a like an unbelievable support like vessel for me. Um, through this whole journey but um it's like it's almost like I don't know like I've so I've like I'm not I'm not rich but I've I've got money you know I've I'm not I'm not an athlete but I've got good health you know I'm 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 not um I'm not like extremely happy but I'm generally happy you know so like when it comes to health wealth love and happiness like those four 
pillars are all satisfied. Mm. So you kind of go, right, what's next in life? And it's normally like for some, it might be to have children, you know, mm -hmm. like I had a challenging upbringing and, and, you know, and, and, and that's for a, another podcast, but like, you just want to be a good father after that. Don't you, sure. you want to just, mm -hmm. you want to be able to pass your, pass your wisdom and, 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 and love and love something else that's more important to you. So in that moment, when that's taken away from you, just in that, in that consultation room, it's like you just feel so vulnerable with no answers. Um, and Tasha's the whole journey backwards. Don't worry, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. We're going to figure this out. And I'm just like, and, and again, the, everything after that, for that whole rest of that day was just white noise. I just wanted to just find a dark corner and just disappear yeah, for like yeah. six mm -hmm. months. I just wanted to just be gone. The GPs sometimes often, I'm sorry to say, deliver it in the most horrendous way mm. i think they were saying yeah, oh you've got a bunion you need to go and have it taken off you know mm. oh you've got male factor infertility what yeah referral straight to an ivf clinic yeah takes a lot of guts actually to sort of challenge that status quo in a fertility mm. clinic because mm. you know you've got somebody there that has obviously trained for a very long time you're you, you've come in there um with the expectation that there's something that somebody can help with because you've been referred there in the first instance. Um, and I think in my case, because I did know a little bit about male infertility um, and some of the conditions that I had gone through, um, some of the information I was hearing back was, hmm, this is inconsistent with what I know. Um, this is not really... Um, how I would imagine this consultation to go on. Um, I asked a few questions, and it was exactly what how you you described. It was well. I'm I'm the the doctor. I know what uh, I've seen lots and lots of patients like you, and this is what we do. And I go, okay. And you know, immediately you come out of that consultation going like. I'm really not happy with that. Men are still the forgotten factor in fertility. And actually, most people, when you talk to, they still feel that fertility is a female issue. It's mm -hmm. not a male issue. We know 50% of diagnosed cases is, is male factor. And we've talked a lot about, you know, unexplained infertility. Mm -hmm. And we think probably male factor is the underlying in that, but they've just not been tested properly. Yeah. So they are definitely the forgotten factor. Sperm cells are very, very vulnerable. And one of the things that they're very vulnerable towards is attack from a reactive oxygen species. Um, and what that is simply is oxygen radicals that are floating around in our body. And if they're in excess, um, they can create chemical reactions which actually impairs the sperm. And uh, so reactive oxygen species is, um, is, is a very known, well-known phenomena um, which um, contributes in many ways to um, what we call sperm DNA fragmentation. So this is where the DNA integrity of the sperm um, becomes impaired. I look at a lot of animal research and actually that resonates very well. There's this bull in India and the farmer has made it small fortune out of this bull because it's very famous for having the most fantastic sperm and it gets the best food it's on vitamins it listens to music it has massage wow. and it has the company of lady cows um now and again and it's completely spoiled rotten but it's got fantastic semen it's not rocket yeah. science is it we started uh, when we got married in june i did a session about a um, male factor to one of our one of the companies and um 
I wanted to talk about smoking and drugs and things. And then I thought, I don't know anything about vaping. So mm. let me go and do a little bit of research on vaping because you see it now. Everyone's, yeah. you know, oh, well, I don't smoke, I vape. So yeah. that's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Have you seen the x-rays? Yeah, so let's not go there. But um, <laughs> what I read was where they've done a lot of studies is things like it's the flavouring. So you could have a non-nicotine vape, but the flavourings, yeah. a bubblegum flavour, apparently, sperm, boom, won't move. One of these I've studies. heard that, yeah. I think I've, I've seen, seen that. Cinnamon stops it swimming. You know, God, really? what the, the, fla- the flavouring, the, the, the actual flavouring, no way, that's could well be having yeah. an impact. Yeah. And Hong oh. Kong did this study um, about e-cigarettes mm-hmm. and the effect on fertility, and it was so bad that they banned them instantly. You've gone there to hope that there's nothing wrong with your partner, right? Mm. Like the assumption, I don't know if it's a society thing, perhaps, perhaps it is, perhaps it's the the medicine world, but the the, the assumption is there's going to be a problem with with the female partner. Yeah. And so I think they're prepared for bad news. I think they go into it with the preparation that actually, yeah, there might be something wrong with me because I've had all these tests done. One of them's probably not going to be okay. But I think us guys, we walk into that room with just the perception of, well, I'll have sperm. Like, I'll yeah, be okay. Like, do you, and then do you think it's, you think it's because do, they but... talk about it? Do you think it's genuine? I think part of that is because they actually talk about it. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and, and us as, as as men, we just don't talk about it. No, but, no. but society doesn't make us believe no, that but, we would ever have a problem. Yeah. You no, know, you, you don't right. see, well, you do now because we exist, but you don't see <laughs> yeah. much saying it's a male factor. It, no. it, it could be, it could be you. In fact, it's just as likely to be you yeah. as it is the woman. The yes. whole industry, the whole everything education is all about female fertility so yes. you're walking down that corridor uh, you're just worrying about tash yeah you, you weren't thinking oh i wonder if it could be me yeah because mm. because we've seen the sperm come out and we've seen it hit the cup so we're like <laughs> there's gotta be something again you know yeah. so like you yeah. just look at but you don't realize it's not it's not that bit it's what's inside that bit yeah, yeah. Do you know what i mean so That's it's right. like just because there's sperm in the cup doesn't mean there's soldiers swimming do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. And so true. Yeah. one of the things alcohol does is it it um stops estrogen clearance and you always have to remind people estrogen is a female hormone men have estrogen like women have testosterone but in very small amounts and most of the estrogen that people get now are from external sources from things called xenoestrogens foreign estrogens from chemicals plastic pesticides toiletries in our food and phytoestrogens things that are in soya you know different Different foodstuffs contain these estrogenic compounds. Um, And you just have to remind men that alcohol shares the same liver pathways as estrogen, but it's preferentially detoxified before estrogen. So you get more of a retention of estrogen. The more you drink, the more you retain estrogen. DNA fragmentation um, is the other type of um, test that you can do. Um, which is really looking at how the base pairs of the sperm DNA integrity are are structured. So what we know is that you can get single strand breaks, double strand breaks of the double helix. And just sorry, just to clarify, this mm. is different to the oxidative stress test now. Is it? This is a different type of test. This is a different type of test. Just look but at the DNA integrity within yeah. the sperm. So what we're looking at is really the the end point of the damage, the damage done by the reactive oxygen species. Mm-hmm. Because what we've got is a sperm cell which has been under attack, and then you have got this this sperm cell which, um, you know, has got DNA in it, but it may be impaired. Mm. Um, it may be impaired for both fertilization, blastulation, and and actually creating an embryo. Mm. Um, so we need to look at what is the um, the quality index of that. What is how much has that 
um, structure being damaged, and that's what we call DNA damage or DNA, in, um, you know, sperm DNA fragmentation. Uh, and I suspect this is true of many specialties and many professions, many businesses even, mm-hmm. um, which is that if you were going to stick to the evidence, mm-hmm. we're talking about varicocele, and the evidence, in inverted commas, which uh, defined Nice's views mm. about not treating varicoceles, mm-hmm. that evidence came from a publication which was called a meta-analysis, which is an amalgam of all the Different data studies. out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In about oh, the early 2000s, 2004, 2005, mm-hmm. which said that treating varicoceles didn't make any difference. Mm-hmm. Now, what, of course, happened which was those who were the policy makers Mm -hmm. actually breathed a sigh of relief. Mm -hmm. And they thought, oh, thank God for that. So Mm -hmm. all the gynecologists, that's something that we genuinely don't have to worry about. Mm -hmm. We can tell the patients there is no evidence that, you know, and so we don't have to have a rummage in the scrotum. We -hmm. we can just forget all of that and, and carry on with the IVF. And the and government, the people who were producing money, uh, also breathed a sigh of relief. They said, we take advice mm-hmm. from the people doing the fertility, who are the gynecologists. Mm-hmm. If they tell us that, that the solution to this problem, this, this public health issue of infertility, is just to do IVF cycles, mm-hmm. we will ask them, what does an IVF cycle cost? Mm-hmm. They will say, you know, price and cost is a bit different, but mm-hmm. two or three thousand pounds. And we will say, the politicians, the funders, so how many succeed? And the gynecologists say, well, about 30%. So the politician says, oh, well, that sounds quite good. Mm-hmm. That's quite cheap, really. Mm-hmm. Two or 3,000 quid for a 30% success mm-hmm. rate. And he's may not say, but he's also thinking, and these young people don't vote anyway. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Done yeah. deal. Yeah. 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 I think if you can understand the physiology a bit but in very kind of layman's terms of what your sperm actually is this living cell that swims massively and needs all this energy and carries half the genetic material of your child and so it's not just about fertilization it's about making an embryo that turns into a healthy pregnancy mm. and then a healthy baby at the end yeah, of it it's half of your genetics isn't it yeah. so that's important i remember when um ian you helped me out with one of the tests that i had done yeah. um and i remember i remember actually speaking to you about it and kind of like putting the phone down and saying to katie i'm properly scared about this like, and that's with somebody you scared. knew yeah you know yeah. I mean, yeah. you yeah. don't know me that long but yeah but what what it was was i wasn't scared about having the test done because that was just again like another semen analysis it was like you know okay i've just got to go and put some another semen pop. In the pop another yeah. pot to fill up yeah. um and i'd kind of got over that kind of like oh, okay that's embarrassing but oh well we'll, we'll get on with expert it expert pop filler by then <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah probably yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> can we just note for this this uh this podcast actually the very very first time i met ian in the flesh um <laughs> gen- genuinely the, the very first time i met ian in the flesh it's such a good story i shook his hand and also handed a pot of my semen so um it was a very well, welcome yeah yeah but to be fair actually what i don't oh, what i remember is that but also that it was actually tucked in uh katie's bra it so, was to keep warm yeah to keep warm which is really important yeah um but yeah, we stepped into the clinic and she pulled a, a 
pop your sperm yeah. out from her bra. It's like, okay, yeah, awesome, nice, nice to meet you, mate. Nice to meet you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And a long-lasting relationship. It's uh, it was it's formed, isn't it? That's, That's it. it. We're yeah. like a, we're like brothers now. It's, um, <laughs> we went we went for lunch on the on the seafront after that. There you go, nice. guys. Yeah. Don't don't be worried about handing some, some <laughs> lot of semen to someone. <laughs> yeah, it might be a lifelong friend, Eddie. And I mentioned to him about the small sis, and he's like, okay, well, he goes, um, well, get him out then. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. what do you mean? Like, yeah. get them out. You know, he's like, well, just drop should we? Pants. Do you need me to? Yeah, drop your pants. Yeah. So he drops. He, he so he puts the curtain around me, even though my wife's seen my balls like almost yeah, yeah, every yeah. other day. Do you know what I mean? He's, so he's super like, respectful like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he drops the balls, and he's just like, just these magic hands. He just got these magic hands out, and he's just cut, literally cupping my balls like. Pause. I know. I can't <laughs> <laughs> <'Cause I'm not laughs> so for like, anybody that's uh, not watching this, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, some great animation going on. Yeah. Here. <laughs> so like, he's you're just, taking me back right now. Yeah, are. literally, he's just cupping my balls, and he's like picking them up and putting them down, and picking them up and putting them down. He's like, hmm, hmm. Like, yeah. Can can you cough? Can you cough? And I'm like, <coughs> <coughs> like this, and he's like, yeah. Yeah, I see what we're dealing with here. All right, okay, great. He goes, yeah, pull them up and we'll, we'll, yeah. So we went, we opened the curtains back up and he's just like, um, I think you've got a varicocele. Mm. And I'm like, oh, really? What you and your magical Magic hands, hands think that yeah. I've got a Okay, great, but cool. I'm going to ride with that. He goes, if you just go across the corridor, um, we can go do an ultrasound now for you. You know, he did a, again, like, you know, um, got the gel they, out. They got the gel again. out, rubbing my <laughs> testicles <laughs> up. I've got this Indian guy rubbing my testicles now. Um, <laughs> and, um, and yeah, so he's just you know he's 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 doing his his magic, and then he's he said yeah, and and I was like oh I was like is, is there anything there? He's like yeah, there's a few bits there, but we'll explain it in the consultation. I was like okay, great. But at that moment, I already felt safe because yeah. the speed from which we went from a consultation room to actually being assessed mm -hmm. to then then going back into the consultation room to get answers, like some people in the NHS, you'd wait it would you wouldn't get that in no. a year. No. I was so nervous that day, so mm -hmm. nervous. Um, I didn't need to be when I, as soon as I met you, I felt very, very comfortable, but it is a, it is something that is quite scary to a, accept there might be an issue, but, but also something that is quite intimate and quite a private thing, isn't it? Well, well it's really useful to me, Toby, to, to be reminded of that. Mm. You know, yes, it's easy for me to say I'm aware of it, but we, we need reminding mm. because we, we, I mean, the urologists, the specialists, we sort of forget to say the obvious. And we forget to, to say things that are so obvious to us. Yes, you're doing it every day, aren't you? Yeah, but yeah, are yeah. not obvious to the, the owner of the varicocele. Because yeah. all of us think, oh, crikey, I'm having a scan. Mm -hmm. Could find anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Could be anything in there. Yes. I would say, look, if look on the back of the... Look at the ingredients in what you're eating. If you can't recreate that in your kitchen, then mm. don't... That's such it. a good rule of thumb. Yeah, 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 it's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. you don't understand what's in it, yeah. then don't buy it. Because yeah. your body won't understand what this is. It's totally alien, mm. these mm. mountain but of chemicals. And obesity, of course. So actually, I've just written an, an article for our website about obesity. And that, I was quite shocked, actually. I mean, I knew. It's like, it creates absolute hormonal inflammatory it hell. absolutely does. That's a very good way of describing it. Yeah. Yes, you've um, got this process of, it's called aromatization, which is the conversion of testosterone to estrogen mm. in the abdominal fat cells, because yep. the abdominal fat cells are not like your other fat cells. You know, if you're lumbering around with too much fat on your bottom, it's going to put strain on your heart and your knees, but it isn't actually going to 
do anything in itself. But abdominal fat is metabolically active. It's, it, it has a life of its own. It's up to no good. You had a varicocele, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, you did. I had it, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You've got, you got the same, you're taking me back. You've yeah, yeah. you got and the same surgeon, haven't you? I think we've got the same surgeon. Did you have Mr. Moses? This Dr. is like Moses. Ben Dr. Trump's, isn't there, right now? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, There's no Dr. Trump's, though. Nobody did. You're on an even part. Well, I had bilateral. Did you have bilateral? I did. Oh, did you? And he shot me down. There's a fist bump. Bilateral gang. What we've got to think about is not just the sperm itself but the factory um, of creating sperm and um, they, they, the factory of creating the sperm is under the influence of our brains um, mm. funnily enough so blood hormones are responsible for triggering the response to the testes to say come on guys get get working and produce some uh, sperm but it, it, they also produce testosterone um, and there are sort of three or four main hormones blood hormones um, that are really important to check um, so those types of blood hormones are things like follicle-stimulating hormone, mm -hmm. luteinizing hormone. These are often referred as, as female-type yeah, uh, hormones. Both of those, yeah, yeah. Um, But those are produced by the pituitary gland and uh, in, in the hypothalamus, and they trigger a natural sort of negative feedback mechanism to the testes to produce uh, testosterone. So they have a direct trigger onto the Sertoli cells in the, in, the, uh, um, in, in the testes, and then they will then create... Um, testosterone. Testosterone is a negative feedback loop. Mm -hmm. So if there is enough being produced, so it's a break on the production. It, it, yeah. it, it slows down the amount of follicle stimulating hormone, and and the loop sort of continues. So there's about three or four um, uh, main components that should be looked at. Um, and if they're out of whack, then then clearly um, they, they, there is either going to be a reduction in the amount of sperm being created. Um, or there can be abnorm abnormalities in the shape of those sperm being created because mm. they're not getting the right signaling, they're not getting the right um, hormone um, you know, elements to it. But is it really a thing? Because most guys be like, oh, come on, it's just a water it's bottle. It's really a thing. Yeah. It's really a thing, and there's so many studies on it. And BPA, why is that? What is it? Because BPA and some of the other plastic chemicals, and we don't even know, there's probably... BPB and BPC and BPD and all of that, but BPA is obviously the big one. Um, they're estrogenic. We're back to these estrogenic. So their molecular structure is very simil similar to human estrogen. So these are your xenoestrogens. Mm. And because we're so exposed to them through drinking plastic, so even if you go and have your cup of coffee, takeaway coffee in every morning, yeah. so every morning you're having a hot cup of coffee in a plastic cup and heat accelerates the bpa out of uh, the so it's going to leach it's released it leaches out into the into the drink up until that time urologists were involved with seeing men mm -hmm. uh, who were subfertile or infertile diagnosing what they could often that was a varicocele mm -hmm. overt infections and treating them the important thing is that from 91, 92, all the men were in the fertility units because ICSI was held as being a possible treatment for men with very low sperm counts. Salad, you mentioned salad, and I, and I really want to get this on, on record because somebody we all know mutually has mentioned the Menly Brown 
Uh, sperm salad. Egg and sperm salad. Oh, that's oh an egg salad. and sperm it's salad. Egg and, and sperm egg, salad. egg and sperm aren't in it, right? <laughs> oh, well, this is the thing, is it? It's there like, is no egg no and egg. sperm. That normally elicits a sort of like. <laughs> what was that like? Yeah, yeah. She didn't say that. She couldn't have said that expression. Um, <laughs> please, I, I'm here, but I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. You can see the thought process. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I always say, no, it doesn't. One of my male clients, actually, about 15 years ago, called it egg and sperm salad because it's got ingredients in it that are just good for eggs and good for sperm so the good for sperm things are watercress you know i'm an mm. absolute i'm mad about watercress that's why i say you know just go to m&s sainsbury's everybody sells watercress now just get a bag of Everywhere. watercress and just yeah. eat it like crisps you mm-hmm. know it doesn't it's nice yeah. it's really good for dna repair and everything avocado vitamin e everybody knows vitamin e is sort yeah. of really important for fertility tocopherol means something to do with fertility and red onion so everywhere you can put red onion in anything cooked or raw quercetin very good for sperm and it's got tomatoes in it lycopene spinach lutein peppers beta carotene vitamin c and olive oil very important they've they've all got to have two tablespoons of olive oil a day Mm -hmm. so really good extra virgin olive oil loads of antioxidants Is that why it's good? And it's it's an antioxidant. It's full of antioxidants. Yes, and it's actually pain. It is a little bit of a pain. Is it like a numbing pain? What what would you say it was? It was almost like it felt like I had like two midgets hanging off my testicles for about ten minutes. (laughs) Just just literally just have you had two midgets hanging off your testicles? No, I haven't. But if I did, I think that's probably what it felt. (laughs) 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 That's that's another podcast. (laughs) Klingons on the starboard bow. That's a different. There's literally like someone was just. I don't know. It felt like it was like a tugging. I remember the the paint stripper thing. Thing being injected in I, I think I think the worst bit for me was initially like the fear of it because I'm, I'm terrible with needles and blood and stuff like that so I like almost wanted to pass out but um so the injection the local anesthetic at first was like pretty pretty rubbish didn't feel anything throughout the process other than like some something moving but mm. couldn't really put my finger on it mm. but for me it was when once the, the um the platinum coils were in um to obviously block off the veins they put that paint stripper stuff in yeah. to me that bit was just like that was really bad I remember Stephen saying to me look it will feel like you've been kicked in the balls um, it will it will gain in its pain, worse, yeah. and then it will like like ease off. ease off. Yeah, and, and I remember sort of saying, oh, "Okay, well, I've been kicked to the balls a few times. I play football, you know. Yeah. I, I know what to expect." But genuinely, that was one of the worst experiences I've ever had. Oh, it, it was weird because it was like psychologically. <laughs> We're trying to make this okay for men to I go know, and get checked. Yeah, but I think it's matching good expectations. It's actually yeah, okay no, to have this procedure yeah. yeah. done. But I think what was weird for me was I don't this think it was great. so much the the pain of it. It was the fact that like I felt like I'd been kicked in the nuts. But no one had kicked me in the nuts. Yeah. So my brain was like, "What's going on yeah, right now? Yeah, What's yeah. happening?" And that was a bit weird for me. And I think perhaps that accentuated the pain more than it needed to. And the fact that you couldn't curl up in a ball because you were in this. this Do you know what? If I if I'd known what we know now, like what what people are going to hopefully hear, mm. I think I would we would have been better prepared for it. Hundred percent. Yeah. I, I think agree. we would have been better prepared. And I think I would have been like, okay. This is that moment that they were talking about when yeah. two yeah. midgets yeah. are going to hang off my testicles <laughs> or when like, someone's going to kick me in the balls. Do you know what I mean? Like, but they this haven't. Is the, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. But they haven't. You know, <laughs> it's going to be one of them. If you know, yeah. you know moments. So yeah, I think yeah, we'll, yeah. Have, um, we'll have people yeah. reach out to us on Instagram. Or I whatever, hope they do, man. I hope they do because it just it's like it it needs to be norm this whole fertility varicocele needs to be normalized 100%, yeah, in the does, moment yeah. it's normalized uh, people know what to expect you know they'll know what surgeons are out there where you can go where you can get the support supplements are supplements they sh- they are not and particularly with male fertility they're not a replacement for diets no. and men as you know will sometimes be swallowing way more 
antioxidants than they should be swallowing. Yeah. So mm. loads of oh, vitamin. I've heard vitamin C and vitamin E are really good for sperm and selenium. So if I take loads, then that's going to be even better. And actually, less is more. So if there's, so if, there's, if if there's anyone listening who's been anywhere near where I've been or where you know that where someone where you've gone in, so you can't have kids. Um, you know your sperm count's really low. You're in that low like. I, it's literally been two years from from then to now. I'm one like I'm if I'm like a walking like example of the fact that it can things can change and turn around mm. so quickly. Yeah. And what happened? This is the key yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what happened between and and I, so yeah? What happened between there and now? Seventeen yeah. weeks pregnant. Um, and how did you eventually get yourself out of this hole? All the work we've done with Tessim today is that going through facility treatment is so so isolating isn't it it's such a difficult thing to go through on your tod um but you're not on your own we are all here and we're all here to help and i think you know it's a bit like contagion mm-hmm. and catching viruses <laughs> for, ev- for every one mm-hmm. apostle that you recruit yeah that he will get through social media to yeah. 10 others yeah. yeah all right and then we've got 10 yeah and 10 times 10 mm-hmm. yeah we just keep doing that. So I've got a feeling that that, that um, vehicle yeah. is probably as effective or more effective than yeah. almost anything. She Bless her. She was so stressed out about all of this, like, you know, how whether there was progress or not. You know when COVID, when you used to have those, like, thermometers and you used to put them on your forehead and you <laughs> yeah. could just see yeah, what yeah. someone was. Yeah. So she she bought one of those. And one night... She was like, I literally woke up in the middle of the night. She was under the covers with this thing <laughs> on my testicles, bro. Yeah, on my testicles. Brilliant. Like, like, because she, she was literally, she was like, it's too hot. Your testicles are too hot. You sweat in the bed. And da, 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 da. and then, like, literally, and so every now and again, I'd come home from work and she'd be like, she'd be like, take your jeans off. Like, just relax. Just let, let them, let them just hang. And I'm like, babe, like, it's fine. She goes, you know what? Get them out. I'll measure them. If they're too hot, then you um, wow. then you have to change. Then you have to put something loose on. If they're not too hot, you can wear what you want. And every time she got this thing out, they were too hot because they're meant yeah. to be two degrees cooler. or kind of yeah, two, two degrees, two degrees lower, lower than, than what your that's optimal. Yeah, body yeah. temperature optimal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and obviously that never happened with me because I'm always wearing skinny jeans and I'm always stressed out with work and the house was always super hot. But it was always the right. Like looking back at it now, like it was the right thing to do. Do you know what I mean? Like I I should have definitely more, more worn looser trousers, should have been less stressed out, you know, and, and, and everything that she did was absolutely on point. But there are other tests that really... Oh, it's the phone again. Yeah, it's voice of help. And I remember lying on that theatre table, Mr. Moza with like, you know, with all these instruments and he's got all these amazing team running around everywhere. It's awesome, yeah. Yeah, and there's a screen there that you can kind of see half a little bit of but you can't (laughs) see too much of. And he's like, you know, he's put this like... He's basically got these cables that he's running through your body, hasn't he? And it's just like, you know, and he's just looking up at it, looking up and he's... And I said to him, we're having some quite like intimate conversations with each other whilst whilst like I'm lying on the table and he's fully like operating on my testicles. Um, and I was like, so how do you know like wh- where to go? And he's like, he was like, literally it's like the M25 mate. Like I know which exit I need to get off. I know I'm like he, it's like, um, no he knows there, is it? Nah, but he yeah. just he knows it all off by heart. Like yeah. he knows, mm. you know, some people have embolization going through this what through, through, through your, your neck, through your jugular. Yeah. Yeah. Some people have it going through, but he was like, 
I know exactly where I need to go. I know exactly how I need to get there. It's almost like, I don't know where I'm from. It's trying to get to Palmer's Green from Winchmore Hill, you know, yeah. and if you can't go through that way, you'll go down that way. And if you can't go that way. Yeah. So he knows all of the routes. Like a London it's taxi driver. Literally, like, he's like knows, a taxi driver knows, of like testicles. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. But actually, but he, but it's not only in Barracasils that he does. No, he, he does all he, sorts he does, of You procedures, could do so yeah. much stuff with the technology out yeah. there. It's, it's unreal what you can do. It, it mm. blew my mind actually sat in that theatre, to be fair, like just just how skilled he is but all that that machinery that, that equipment is insane yeah. isn't it's it it's crazy yeah. bro yeah. like yeah. it's insane I think that's a perfect note to end on don't you I love that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love just that. go and get checked just go and get checked, checked. And, and, get, and get an aubergine tattoo yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> go ahead.